0: fifth chapter of James I did not know what Brother Hundley was going to preach had no idea but I think the great thing about Holy Ghost preaching is that God has his way of ordaining what is brought to pass in the service or in the ministry of the word I'm reading from uh, James 5 16 uh, 17 and 18 confess your faults one to another pray one for another that you may be healed and notice it very carefully, the effectual, fervent, would you say those two words, effectual, fervent, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or better put, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed Earnestly, that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach on. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed. Let's thank God for His great Word, His great Word. Your Word is so great, Lord. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our pathway, establishing us in the faith, strengthening us in doctrine. Making us to know the greatness and grandeur of God. How great thou art, O God. Giving us so much, receiving so little from us. Help us tonight in the name of the Lord. To do the great things that will bring your church into the focus of the world. And make them know that thou art God and there is none else beside thee. We are thanking you right now for the presence of the Holy Ghost upon all of us. Before this service is over tonight, may we have accepted the challenge and gone forth from this place, candles brilliantly lit to influence the world in which we live. In Jesus' name. 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 All the people said, Amen bless you may be seated let me repeat it just for the sake of uh, reminding and keeping in your mind by remembrance Elias was a man a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly Uh, When you pick up this book from the very beginning page to the last page in the Bible, there's one thing that stands out. Maybe it doesn't stand out to you, but it does to me. The Lord God is trying to tell us in this book, through the revelation of the Scriptures, that we are to understand that it's through God's creation, man that He wants to bring the miraculous to fulfillment in this earth. It is so important for us to get hold of that and latch onto to it and not forget it. Now, I say that in this kind of a sense. It is typical of humanity. We are prone through the years to forget what the Lord has done. Oh, Brother Kegel used to sing the song that we sang, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. He used to teach it to us, Jesus, I almost forgot what you've done for me and i think it's one of the great things to be able to remember that the pentecostal movement is a god-inspired spirit-filled holy ghost miraculous movement the miracle the miracle and the reason why we need to recognize that is because there have been church bodies that have come up through the years, and if you look across the whole spectrum of denominational religion, they are dying. And once powerful channels that brought revival in the 19th century are now just huge monumental buildings standing on corners. No God, no life no light no strength and men and women are dying because the pulpit does not declare the glory of God I received a letter one time I've mentioned this several times it was from a lady attorney she said uh, I'm going to come to your church I was then a pastor many of you know that I referred to it often in the city of Indianapolis and she said in her letter Uh, when I come to your church will you preach about the God that created man will you talk about the God that breathed the breath of life into man and man became a living soul will you preach that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin would will you be preaching about the blood of Jesus Christ saving mankind from their sin will you be preaching about the wonderful power of the resurrection will you be preaching about the second coming of the Lord and so she was writing all this and you know as I read it I thought well she sure wrote to the right person and I'm reading this and then the next paragraph and I think it describes all that we're looking at through the whole religious realm she said the church I go to adds doubts to the doubts I already have I want to go to a church where they preach my doubts away praise god you're in the right place with the right church at the right time but let me say it to you so that we don't misunderstand it is as easy for us to run on the impetus of yesterday and forget these the same yesterday today and forever it's very easy for us to slump into that and one of the reasons why we slump into it is because As time goes on, we become educated Christians. And you say, educated Christians, you mean you go to college and you learn some? Well, that's happened too. We have people amongst us who have actually gone through universities, gotten degrees. Some are doctors, some are attorneys. And I've noticed that they who have done it and come out unscathed with the same fire and faith are very, very useful for God. But when I talk about educated educated Christians, I'm talking about people who through the years sit and hear all that they can hear. They sit at a table loaded with divine benefits and with the glory of God manifested around them and it becomes old hat to them. It doesn't mean what it used to do in days gone by. It becomes something that they've been used to. And it's easy for us to sit in that kind of a situation and let ourselves slump into this despond of doubt. And sometimes a serious despond of critical analysis. And it becomes a danger to our whole fellowship. Now you sat in the service here tonight from the opening uh, gong from the first round. The name of the Lord was lifted up in the songs. And we rejoiced in the singing of the songs and the playing of the beautiful musical instruments. And uh, uh, from the time that Brother Huntley started, he was like a fire lit going for God and then as we continue on into the service we come into an area where we listen and we sit and absorb I have had people tell me and I don't want you to be offended when I say this brother mangan brothers mangan I don't want you to be offended they said this is a charismatic church talking about its relationship to some of that charismatic stuff that we don't believe in and i want to say from this pulpit tonight that's a lot of baloney that's a lot of hokum i've been in other churches where they said it had become charismatic and it's uh, the envy of others who do not want revival and when they see it happening in some other place they think they've gone off in some deep kind of debacle of false doctrine it's not so you can believe the truths as we believe them and have the same powerful glorious sound of victory and you don't have to change the message to have it several churches I've been in recently I heard before I went there uh, it's a church where uh, they are becoming charismatic it's a church where they are losing the standards I went expecting because and you know I'm old enough not to believe that stuff really I am you know one of the things about age is that you've heard so much that you will never listen to one side of a story you learn that God gave you two ears to hear both sides of a story and uh, I got myself caught up in this well I'm gonna find that kind of a situation in the church got there and found out I was in the midst of a Holy Ghost revival and God had filled people with the Holy Ghost when one man asked some Uh, Some of those that had been uh, brought into the church in the last year, I couldn't believe the people that stood up. There were almost a hundred new people stood up in that congregation and said, new here. Went to New York City at what we call Metropolitan Evangelism. And there's something special to me about New York City. That's where I received the Holy Ghost. That's where my dear father pastored for numbers of years. Got there in their last convention, two years ago, their convention. Some 800 people had filled a Baptist church that they had to rent in order to take care of their crowd. When they asked for new converts to stand, two thirds of the congregation stood in New York City. And I thought of the long years of my dad's labor if he knew that. I somehow believe he knows it. If he could be here to see it, what rejoicing he would have over what God has done. You see, we can't get into this status quo, self-analysis, critiquing business. What we need to do is open our hearts to Almighty God and let the glory of God fill our souls. Praise God. Let me bring you this picture in the scriptures because it is so beautiful. Back in the book of Exodus, and uh, you read it because it's a record written and left by Almighty God. Book of Exodus. The Bible tells us that it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Long years had passed. The groanings had gone forth. And you say, you mean God forgot? No, no, no. He heard another kind of a cry. He heard a cry out of bondage. He heard an oppressed people saying, Oh God, if you don't deliver us, we will not be delivered. And he heard that cry. He remembered their groanings. And then he remembered his promise to their forefathers and he brought them out of the land of Egypt. It's in the book friend it's there. God letting us know we can pray ourselves out of anything that's binding and we can pray ourselves into anything that's miraculous and he's trying to tell us in this book Elijah was a man like you and I just a man oh yes he was a prophet someone said how did he become a prophet it doesn't tell us it just says he was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed David said it and all of us wonder about it from time immemorial what is man that thou art mindful of him The son of man That thou visitest him That's a question in time What is there in man Lord God That you're mindful of Well it's evident First chapter tells us He made the man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. (laughs) Nothing else had the breath breathed into them like man had God's breath breathed into him. The reason why is because man is God's highest creation. He's not an animal. He's not a monkey swinging in the tree. He is not a fish in the sea. He is a man. God's highest creation. When he looked for a partner for man, all the animals passed before Adam. Not one of them picked the bill. So he took from his side that rib and gave him a wife. And she and Adam were God's plan for the propagation of the earth. I'm glad He didn't make Him another man. He made Him a woman. He made Him a woman. God's purpose, God's plan. But not only that, what is man, the dark minded from? My special creation, my channel, my facility. Through whom I want to touch the world. Man is his creation. Daniel prayed. 21 days he waited until his prayer was answered. But someone said, you mean Daniel prayed? Took 21 days for God to answer. Look friend, human beings have to fight through spirits of oppression and spirits of opposition to get an answer to prayer. I wish every prayer I prayed was answered tomorrow, was answered today, was answered the hour I prayed. I do know one thing, my prayer is heard the moment I pray. But the time factor belongs to God. But he tells us that Elijah was a man just like you and I and he prayed. I want you to hear also the outpouring of the Holy Ghost never was there anything like it someone said what preceded the Holy Ghost in that outpouring you know the history I don't have to go through it all they praised and blessed God continually in the temple how many days 10 days 7 days you name it friend I think it was 10 days 10 days of constant praise and thanksgiving to God I think we'd be raptured. It brought the Holy Ghost. That whole thing spread across the world. It didn't just spread into just little areas. It began, it took a little time. But it went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. And then where? To the uttermost parts of the earth. He wanted a church. To do his bidding. Man is his channel. Now when we say man. We take in the whole human family. Because whether uh, the lady knows it or not. She's woman. And she's part of that great blessing. Of the presence of almighty God. And by the way. If you don't believe in women preachers. I'm sorry. God does use women. To preach the gospel whether you want to accept it or not and the fact that you don't accept it you need to just stand back and watch some of these folks that get saved through women's preaching you got saved through a woman preacher praise God I tell you what you never know what a lady can do and you did too brother Lumpkin the Lord is a wonderful God if he could save Brother Lumpkin and Brother Tenny through a woman preacher, he's a miracle working God. Praise God. He's a miracle working God. Now, I want you to note also, the power of prayer is nation-shaking. Nation-shaking. It's earth-shaking. You believe that? You believe it? Say man? Amen. But in this instance, it controlled the elements. Elijah prayed and the heavens were shut up. And he prayed again and it rained. Who is this focus upon which God or this man upon whom which God places a focus? I want you to notice, he was a Tishbite. I don't know if you need to have an explanation of that or not. Just say he was a Tishbite out of Gilead. He was sent into a turmoil of wickedness headed by Ahab and Jezebel. And I want you to know he fled Jezebel's fury after he had won a stunning victory over the prophets of Baal. And you know, you would say, well, if the man had such power with God to win such a tremendous victory over the power of false doctrine, why couldn't he have the same uh, ability to staunch that wicked woman? He was a man subject to like passions. He could get afraid like you and I get afraid he could be doubting like you and i doubt he could get frightened in instances that he saw was a little bit beyond his control he could step out of his spiritual realm that he had been in and begin to think i'm not a match for jesse and take off running the Bible tells us he went out under a juniper tree and I want you to notice he went out under a juniper tree under that juniper tree he fell asleep he flees from Jezebel into the wilderness sleeps under a juniper tree and it's a rather strange thing that the faithful prayer warrior who sparked The fearlessness in prophets that were hiding in a cave should himself run from this woman. But when he awakened, there was a cake that was baked right there for him and there was a cruise of water at his head and he ate the cake. Oh, friend. He ate the cake and he drank that water. will say. His greatness did not lie in special gifts. It doesn't say Elijah had any special gifts. His greatness was not a, a superhuman character, but he is distinguished by the way he prayed earnestly. And you might conclude in some kind of special significance that this earnestly had some kind of unique character or manner in it but not so he prayed with all superficial distractions removed he prayed and he prayed again prayer is communicating with God genuine communication results Invisible response Most public prayers Are ineffective Because in reality They are intended for man's ear But real Earnest Prayer Can stop the heavens And can open up the heavens And somebody wants to say in our Pentecostal movement, that was Elijah. That was a man, friend. That was a man like you and I. And we need to drive home to this movement tonight that though we are men, we are no different from anybody that God has used in times past. He's looking for earnest. through the revelation of the scriptures I would like for you to consider we are not we are not the kind of a people that look at things such as defeat and disappointment like others I have lived in this Pentecostal movement since a child sorry I didn't start from the very beginning it took some real circumstances to bring me to a place where I would Obey the call of God but I want you to know we don't look on things like disappointment distress death defeat we don't look on them like others who do not believe in the supernatural because we believe there's something greater that's involved in what we're doing I want you to read from 2nd Corinthians 5 brother Anthony if you will and I want you to note what our position is as we look at things that take place in our life. Therefore, we are always confident. Confident. Knowing that. Hold it. We are always com- confident. Knowing. Knowing that. That. While we are at home in the body. While we're at home in the body. While we're, we're here. We're absent from the Lord. We're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith. We walk by faith. And not by And not by sight. Body, to be absent from the body and to be present, with, present the with the Lord we're confident if we're absent from the Lord and in this present body and we're confident if we are in the presence of the Lord and absent from this body it doesn't make any difference where we are we walk by faith I'm looking back on a lifetime I can look at times brother Michael Williams when I was young as you and I can look at them and tell you my fears in troubles in church troubles I look at preachers sitting out in this audience tonight you have been in church problems you came here no doubt to get some kind of an answer let me tell you something I'm looking back at a lifetime there are times When I thought I could never make it, I would never come through it. But somehow, in tenacity, I held on. Something said, hold fast. Stay with it. Believe in God. He is able to bring you through. I look back at it tonight and tell you, there is no Disaster. There's no tragedy. There's no trauma. There's no up opposing power. There's no devil in hell that can stop you if you have. got out of my car here a few Sundays ago preaching for one of our fine young preachers I think he's here tonight I'm so touched and moved by young men going through struggles I know the heaviness of it I know the seriousness of what goes through your mind and how it troubles your sleep And I'll put you on your knees in prayer. I've been there. And when I see them, there's a great sympathy. Goes out from my heart to them. But I know what I can tell them. I can tell them, you're not going to be defeated. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. And what you're looking at that looks impossible, God can change it around. And bring you a victory if you hold on to God. You've been there. And you know what I'm talking about. And there are those of you who have lived long enough to have been there. And come through. But let me tell you this. We do not live in the realm of this intellectual mediocrity. We don't look at the things of God with the mind of man's wisdom. We don't look at these problems in the eyes of what man fears. We walk by faith and not by sight. So we reason. And the Lord told us, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow what kind of reasoning is that supernatural reasoning tell me how your scarlet sins can become as white as snow that's God's work so he says come let us reason together I'm going to show you how I work So we don't reason according to Webster's Dictionary. We don't reason according to positive thinking. We don't reason in the lowlands of man's ability to take a problem and put a psychological factor on it. We reason in faith. Do you believe that our God is the creator of all life? You believe that? Oh man, if we even have a concept of it. Life is a mystery to man. You don't know where it will end. As far as your sojourn in life is concerned. You can begin as a child. And then somewhere, sometime, if the Lord tarries. And you're in the church. Somewhere. You will end your sojourn in this life. But he's the creator of life. And he displays his simple genius when he gives us life. Did he roll back the Red Sea? Did he roll back the Red Sea? Did he roll back the Red Sea? Sea? Well, let's reason about it. They came down to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's armies are behind them. They're standing at the brink of extinction. If they go in the water, they drown. If they stay there, Pharaoh will destroy them. And they get a word from the Lord. Supernatural reasoning. Stand still and see the salvation of God. I'm sure there were some grumblers in that crowd that said, Oh, God, what in the world have we got into? Stand still and see the salvation of God one little boy went to went to church one day and came back and he, his mother said what you learned at Sunday school he said I learned that children of Israel crossed the Red Sea they had walkie talkies one man was on the other side and he called to the other man and they built a pontoon bridge and they all crossed on the pontoon bridge and then the walkie talkie on this side he ran over the bridge and said, cut the bridge down and all Pharaoh's men drowned in the sea. She said, you didn't hear that in Sunday school. He said, I know, but you wouldn't believe what I heard. And what I'm telling you tonight, here we are. Did he cross the Red Sea? Stand still! See the salvation of the Lord. That's reasoning by faith. They stood there, and they watched the miracle. It rolled back. And when it rolled back, friend, it was a path made through that waterway. And they were on the other side of the Red Sea, looking back at drowning hordes of Egyptians. <laughs> oh. Let, let, let me let me talk to you a little more about that. I love to talk about the three Hebrew children. You believe they were unscathed in the fiery furnace? You believe they stuck them in that furnace? Well, I've got news no sure. for They bound them. And these men did some faith reasoning. You know what their reasoning was? Listen to it. If it be so, i whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand. You know what the king did? He told them, He did seven times higher. Seven times higher. The men that threw them in were burned. Get the picture. Thrown into the fire. Bound. Said they fell down in the fire. And the king with astonishment said, there's four men in there. Yes, uh, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Reasoning. In faith. Look at what he saw. Like one unto the sons of the gods. Please don't make the mistake. That wasn't Jesus in there. Please don't make that mistake. The original rending. Is like unto one of the sons of the gods. If you got Jesus as a man. In that flame. He was here before time. Don't make that mistake. Trinitarians do. They say that was Jesus in there with them. Because they think he was already a man before the foundation of the earth. He was in the concept of God. He was that Logos that was with God and he came forth at Bethlehem that was an angelic figure that God put in there to let the king be astonished at what he can do for his people in the time of need Time to finish my story about the young preacher. I got out of the car, looked at the little church way out in the countryside. Lots of cars there, several hundred people there. As I walked from the car to the back door, which would lead me onto the platform, I'd been there before, so I knew where to go. As I walked from the car to the platform, I had worked five hours. The day before to bring a message, and the Lord God just took it out of me and said, uh-uh, I want you to preach thus. And so, in a matter of two minutes from my car to the back door, He gave me the message and the outline. You say it didn't happen, it did. I'm telling you, it did. struggled with it maybe I ought not to preach this it was a little on the rugged side maybe I ought not to preach this but that Holy Spirit say what I give you to say that's Pentecostal that is not Baptist that's Pentecostal that's not Presbyterian that's not Methodist That spirit, touch of God. I went to preaching. I was puzzled myself about what I was preaching. about. I thought, my God in heaven, I wanted to bless these folks. And here I am talking about offense. I looked around, the little preacher was weeping. Tears just running down his face. Head bowed. I looked around his wife. She was weeping. I looked at a man in the audience. He was white as a sheet. I knew the man was the treasurer of the church and had driven off three preachers prior. I had just heard that, but I had forgotten it. And he was white as a sheet. He came up to tell me that God spoke through you. And I said, thank you, sir. At least he recognized something. (laughs) The man fell off the steps as he left the church. Twisted his leg terribly. It ended up with severe infection in his body. He controlled the money and the order of the church and he had family members by the dozens in it. What a place to stick a young preacher. Those of you who have never been in it may not appreciate this. But I tell you what, it's a heavy deal to handle. And he got sick to death called the preacher and said here's the whole treasury i resign all that i've had i've been wrong about you god has shown me through his word and through my personal accident that i'm out of the will of god and he turned it all over to him when i saw the young preacher a few weeks later he said god worked a miracle I had sat that day with him after the service when he said, do you realize what you preached here today? I said, I think I do. He said, do you realize what you were saying to people? I said, I think I do. I said, I didn't want to. I changed from the car to the pulpit of the church. He said, man, you touched every festering condition in this church. That's the difference between a Holy Ghost meeting and just a normal, routine service. He said, I was about to resign here today. I was going to tell them I'm through here. And I said, you can't entertain that thought. You must not. God is going to bring you through this. He said, when? I wish I could tell everybody when. I don't know when, but I know he will. I don't know how, but I know he can. I don't know what his plan is, but I know he's got one, and all I have to do is Not just any kind of a prayer. Earnest, fervent, effectual, pleading, interceding. Oh friend, I heard it last night. I wish you'd have been there. I heard it last night. We ended up in a prayer meeting around midnight in Brother Anthony is home. That prayer swept that room. And I heard that intercession. Coming from a lady from this church. Oh, you can feel that effectual, permanent diligence. people who are filled with the Holy Ghost nobody understands that but, but people who feel it and he has given us that weapon to destroy opposition excuse me for the personal reference but it it, it was something that was such a mystery to me as a person I lived in a time when some great men, God, who had great understanding about the church. And many times when some things would come to pass, I'd sit and talk with them. They would dispense to me their great understanding of the work of the Lord. I loved them very dearly. One day in severe trouble at the church. And it was of such trouble that I didn't know which way to turn. The only encouragement I had was from my dear precious wife. I tell you what, I wouldn't trade her for two twenties. Praise God. I want you to know something. I want you to know something. In the midst of all that, you know what she was saying? God called you here. I say, I don't know if he did or not. She said, I know it. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you need someone to say, they know it. was yeah, right. a dear elder in the church pat me on the back. He knew I was going through deep waters. And he said, you're called here. I right. uh, said, thank you. And the devil that hit me when I'd get outside the church said, they lied. There's times and seasons like that and you can get in that position I said one day to my wife I'm too young to go through this <laughs> this is a little self-sympathy I didn't want my hair to turn gray My <laughs> way of stopping it, isn't it. I didn't want to get a big bulge in the back of my neck stooped over from carrying the burden of the problem. Stay in it! God calls you! I went to one of my dear, esteemed elders and said, this is my problem. He said, my God, There's no answer to that. So he said, a man of 48 years of experience said never have run into anything like that. He said, son, I'll tell you what you have to do. You'll have to talk to God. Oh friend, when every arm of man is short, and when every minded man has no answer, oh, oh, call on His name, call on His name, men of like passions, call on His name. Said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man your prayer. He will take you through. He cannot be defeated. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. It's so beautiful to watch it. And to wait on Him, wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Say it. Renew. They'll do what? Rise up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But that's reasoning. In the faith realm that's not reasoning In the intellectual realm when that dear old man said you got no answer man you got to go talk to God I said Lord here I am you know where I'm at help me yeah you know you don't say uh, that man in a burning house doesn't say please somebody I'm a burning Nothing like that. Ah! Me a few more minutes. He provided for Elijah. God has specialties for his servants. He has specialties. There was the cruise of water. There was the cake. The scripture said. He arose and did eat and drink and went on the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. God has specialties for His people. Food that can nourish you over the abundance of physical food that you take into your life I always wondered Brother Stone King when Jesus said I have meat to eat that you know not of I used to wonder what kind of steak is that the rest of the disciples were hungry they went and bought he stayed all day long and talked to a wicked woman he laid the groundwork for the revival in Samaria by talking when they come back and pleaded with him to eat I have meat that you don't know anything about sister Tenney let me remind you of something that took place Uh, we had the serious episode where we had been seriously wronged by a man who had taken advantage of his position in our fellowship and left us in a serious financial situation you saw me at that conference you knew because there were those that were close to the whole thing that knew you said aren't you afraid about what's going to happen I said to you no but I was lying (laughs) I was saying it on the basis of reason through faith no God's going to take care of it but I didn't know when and I didn't know how it was a black hole is right a horrible black hole and to tell that general board you know when you work in a situation where you're responsible for the people under you they don't blame them they blame you praise God hallelujah glory to God Amen. it's wonderful wonderful isn't it you get the glory and the blame more blame than glory and uh, to face those men and say this is the problem I went to the bank before it left and arranged for them to give us $500,000 for a season of time so that I knew that we could take care of this. What had happened was that the men who had run that had not told us they were not an insurance company anymore, but were a trust company. And the Episcopalian Church was caught, the Baptist Church was caught. There were numerous other bodies that were caught. These men refused to take care of the bills of their people and let them pay their own bills. We said, no, we will take the responsibility. We do not shift this on people. We are in the place where we have to decide the issue. And when we did it, I called a man who told me years ago, If you ever get in a rough spot, I'll help you. A sinner. Not a saint. A sinner. I know saints are a little tired. Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. This man said years ago, if you ever need me, I'd helped him a little bit. Very small help. If you ever need me, the little help I gave him had blossomed into something big for him. And he'd become a multimillionaire. And so I called him, I said, Bill, I never dreamed I'd have to call you. I need you. He was down there the next morning, sat down, went through everything, page by page by page. Told me the whole deal. He said, I will help you. went to an insurance company told the insurance heads pick up all those bills and they picked them up that didn't mean they gave us the money it meant they were willing to pick it up when the auditors saw what happened they said never saw it happen like that before said what did he say to his board of directors well that you can't explain to an intellectual earthbound man But, but the victim was standing there and said God did it and he did not only didn't we get it done but later on by the mercies of God he took care of that by giving it back to us We walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, you say, you want to shout about that? Of course! My Lord, yes! Who can do that, brother? You didn't think I could do that, did you? You thought I couldn't do that, huh? You didn't think I could do that. I want you to know God can do it. He is able. He is able. able. Men of like passion. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Men of like passion. But he is able. Hallelujah. Have you ever had a trial? Yes sir. Yes sir. Several? Yes sir. Did you come through it? Also, awesome. Don't worry about it. You ever had a trial? Seven times worse. The trial of your faith is much more precious Than the gold that perishes. It adds a dimension. To your spiritual insight. And you get to believing. God can help you. me a couple more minutes. Hallelujah. Now I feel like preaching. Listen to what the Lord God said to Job in his trial. Listen to this. God speaks to Job. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Earth. Declare if thou hast understanding. the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb and it said hitherto shalt thou come but no further and here shall thy proud waves be stayed out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven who hath gendered it who gave it birth Hast thou an arm like God? Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? Can you pull out Leviathan's tongue like a cord? Do you know where the conies make their caves in the rocks of the hill? Do you know where the dew comes from? He was letting... You know, I've read that three chapters, 38, 39, 40 in Job. God had to write that. Uh, God in heaven, nobody could pose those questions like that. Nobody. Nobody could bring questions like that. It's not in the finite brain of man to pose questions of that nature. Talked about that earth, he said, "I hung it. Where are the foundations? Who's the cornerstone layer?" <laughs> you know what Job said? He said, "I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear, and now my eyes see. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth, and I would urge many of you to do the same." <laughs> Over that poison vessel that's between your gums and comes out of your throat. And close up those lips and instead of fighting the man of God, pray for him. Yeah. You need to give on for hunters and looking out at Robert and Robert Mitchell didn't know what he was doing in the church. In fact, with all truth, Robert Mitchell, I don't think you know when you do it what you're doing. (laughs) And that's no disrespect. That's no disrespect. Robert Mitchell is bolder than most of us to go and say things to people. He walked down to a man in an audience where a pastor was having like you won't believe. I won't even describe the troubles to you. Just give you a little glimpse. The man who pastored before him was living on the same grounds in the same... in a house behind the church going to another church. You know what I'm talking about. He goes down to a man and takes him by the head and said, You need to get right with God (laughs) your heart is filled with bitterness he didn't know the man it happened to be the son-in-law of the former pastor who was eating the pastor alive every place he could go knowing that he didn't know who he was it scared the socks off him And many need socks scared off. It frightened him to death. I talked to you tonight on the faith realm. I talked to you about not walking by sight, but by faith. And we are men of like passions, subject to like passions, we do get afraid, we do get concerned, someone said you're old enough not to get concerned, not to worry, uh, 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 I'm not that old, I know you don't know how old that is, really, there are oppositions of Satan that are so powerful that you don't understand how in the name of God will we get out of this. But the previous experience tells us we can. We can. I'm urging you to remember. I'm urging you to remember. Elijah was a man Subject to light passions and he prayed and the heavens were shut up three and a half years he walked up the Lord God said you go tell Ahab I'm going to close the heavens and then later on he tells him go tell Ahab I'm going to let it rain so that old Ahab knew this was no Johnny come lately and when hear it now when Hallelujah. When the Lord was on the Mount of Transfiguration, who was it that appeared with Him? Moses and Elijah. Find me two greater intercessors. Find me two greater intercessors. Those men sought God in times of trouble and he opened the door let me close with this there's no preacher sitting in this audience tonight that can't be an Elijah let me try it again you still pull it out no preacher in this audience that can't be an Elijah. Man is subject. On the like passions. And he prayed. He had two qualifications. Subject to like passions. But he earnestly prayed. Those were his two qualifications. And he goes down. In the annals of history. As one of God's great men who knew how to handle the heaviness of the weight of the problem. Let me say it further. There's no preacher, whatever color you are, if you're black or white, brown or green, purple or otherwise, culture doesn't decide who God blesses. Sometimes we have decided who God blesses shame 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 we take our own little position about things that we need to keep our mouth shut about and I think of what the old boy went out there the prophet that tried to uh, that tried to uh, uh, give the information to the king how to stop the Israelites and he'd get out there to curse them and when he'd get out there he said God has blessed these people he'd come back to that king and said I didn't hire you to bless them I hired you to curse them sent him out there a second time God sees you like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea and he'd bless them the old king brought him back he didn't hire you to bless them hired you to curse them third time God has chosen you. Came back the old king. The king was wroth. The old boy finally said, How can I curse what God has not cursed? How can I curse what God has not cursed? And then he said, God put it in my mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think we ought to give him praise. I think we ought to give him praise. I think we ought to give him praise. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just intercede before him tonight. watched and seen his deliverance. How many? Have you seen him? How many have gone through dark avenues of trouble and trial and watched the Lord bring you out with a mighty hand? When your son asks you in time to come, what meaneth these statutes and these judgments? Why do we live like this? Tell him, you were brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And God showed signs and wonders unto you. Our fear is our sympathy for self. And our fear of our pride being hurt. And God sends us, Brother Tenny, many times. Experiences to put us on our face before God. In deep and soulful intercession. And you can be an Elijah. You can be an Elijah. Brother Jerry, you can be an Elijah. Brother Harrington, you can be an Elijah. Brother Mike Williams, you can be an Elijah. Brother Steve Spears, you can be an Elijah. God doesn't prevent anybody. But he wants somebody that knows how to pray. You don't think Jezebel got? A, or you don't think Elijah got afraid? Sure he did. He ran. You don't think he wanted to die? How many times have you said, "I wish I could die"? I said that to my wife. She said, "Why don't you stay around? And help us a little longer." You say things you don't mean. You don't want to die. You want to live. But pressures. You're a man of light passions, subject to them. But he is great. He is so great. I will praise him. before have we had the opportunity we have as a movement never before there's a book that's just been written and you want to pick it up for the first time in the history of religion Trinitarian writers have given us a true picture of what we believe first time it's the book called the Dictionary of Pentecostals and Charismatics there's more written about the oneness people than anybody in that book And a Baptist writer made this statement. The Jesus name, oneness, Pentecostal people have opted for the Christ of the scriptures. And the denominational world have opted for the Christ of the scholars. I'll take the Christ of the scholars.